as we kick off another episode of the Mentor Roundtable. I'm going to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Gaggle. They've been a huge supporter of our program, our mission, our vision to continue to support educators each and every day. Check out Gaggle at www.gaggle.net. They are a real-time safety tool that ensures the safety and well-being of your students on their school-issued email and drive accounts. Again, thank you, Gaggle, for all your support, and another mentor table is kicking off right now. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey, you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey, I know it's hard, no, it's hard to remember sometimes, but you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down. Crazy week, um, and we had a. We've actually had our elementary school displaced into three different schools because we had an oil spill. Um, so we had to remove. We just came back from remote learning, whatever it was, the April fifth date or, or, or soon thereafter, and then we had vacation, and then we had an oil spill, and so then we had to back to remote. So now we. Took us about a week where we have all the kids in different schools so we've had a few interesting days so I actually was i served as the principal of one of the three satellite sites for one of the days served lunch and it was actually fun i miss kind of missed that a, a little bit but it's it's like babysitting your sister's kids they're fun and then but you can give them back right they're like okay i'm gonna do this and that was how i was like this is great but now i don't have to call any parents i don't have to do the the other piece of it but with all the all the craziness for our new educators this year there's plenty of things that are silver linings there's plenty of things that have come out of this i get asked this a lot i'm actually doing a, a webinar with somebody tomorrow i should probably find out but i know it's at one o'clock and that was one of the questions what are the things that you're going to keep from this year moving forward so it's definitely something to, to think about and for for molly and emily who came from student teaching right into whatever we ended up calling this throughout, throughout this time, remote learning, hybrid learning, a mix of both. Um, I'm hoping for the both of you that you start next year, all your kids are in front of you, no masks, and just be what you wanted it to be, whatever, at this point, five years ago when you enrolled to be in the early elementary <laughs> program. But that being said, what are some things this year that you've experienced that are like, I'm gonna keep this, that, that's gone really well, that you feel like, okay, I didn't expect this, but this actually turned out okay. Thick skin, for sure, Lisa, thick skin, I agree. That's true. I think that we have been like tested with our technology use in school a lot this year, and there's definitely a lot of pros and cons to it. Um, but even with my students, we don't have one-to-one -one devices. So my students in person, we rarely get the computers, um, but they get so excited when, when we do have the opportunity. But my students on Zoom, we've been doing a lot of projects and group assignments where they can type together on documents and on PowerPoints and make their own projects and things like that. And it has definitely lifted the group work. I think that a lot of them can, can participate more. It's not just one person writing on the on the poster board or one person being in the leader. So I think that technology use for a group work is definitely 
something that I will probably continue if students do have one-to-one -one devices for some, some bigger projects and research things. Like, I think that would be really cool. Um, which is not, I wasn't a huge technology person beforehand. Like I didn't really see it. I, I would just knew it as like, oh, you can go on here for Lexia or like those online programs. And that's how I had seen it in student teaching. Like it was a external usage or like once you had your final draft or something, you might type it, but there's definitely a lot of other things that you can use it for. Um, but, and obviously I'm not, not pushing technology all the time, but I think that using it in, more productive ways would be something that I'll continue doing because I see how it works. Nice. Did you any fun projects? Like, is there anything that you were like even surprised with that you were like, oh, I didn't even think to do this just that came organically? Yeah, I think that my third graders really surprised me with how much they were able to integrate um, like videos and photos and things like that into their presentations. Like I kind of did this one fun one we did a nonfiction unit and we gave we were just like you and your group mates can research any animal you'd like here are some web pages and they just really blew me away with some of the things that they included in there it wasn't just powerpoint slides like they really dove deep and did pictures and interaction and included videos and that was not part of my direction or even like i didn't even say that as an option it was just very bare minimum and they did a, they did a really great job so i think that research projects is pretty fantastic with those kinds of online projects like that. Yeah. And I think it just gives them that opportunity to have more discovery learning to be, especially when they're not in front of you. Right. And it, yeah. it gives that extension. Yeah. Because when you go, get the chance to go to the library and look at nonfiction books, like say you pick elephants for your research, just going in and finding books on elephants is one thing, but being able to really dive in and include different, different parts into your research, it's, Part of our generation now it's not just going through books and dictionaries it, it is all online on, online based so it's pretty cool that they're able to put that into the learning and share that so i'll probably include that for bigger research projects in the future awesome how about you molly anything surprised you this year anything that you were like i wouldn't have thought this coming into this year and that really turned out on a real positive note yeah, well, going into the year, I feel like one thing I was, like, most nervous about even before COVID was, like, following curriculum, making sure I'm going to meet all my timestamps, like, for when students need to learn what, and making sure I'm completely kept up with, like, they know this, they know this, I'm staying with this curriculum, I'm staying with this program. Like, being a first-year teacher, you don't really have much experience. Even if you switch from school to school, you're pretty much always going to be a beginner until you're really experienced because every school uses a different program mm -hmm. or whatever but this year my principal is very candid and open about being like look like it's a COVID year like make sure your kids are having fun make sure they're comfortable make sure you're building a social emotional like safety blanket in your room like make sure you're building community and so I was like all right that's my green light to like do these fun things, build this community and like take time away from academics to do those things. And like MCAS is last week and this week and my kids know everything that they're supposed to know even with these breaks built in. So I feel like in the future, like this would normally be something I'm nervous about year to year, but having this year where I didn't have to be nervous, like kind of showed me like I did more fun stuff this year than I'd probably do in any other year and they were still just fine. So like I feel like that will be easy on my mind to like, be like, all right, like I can take this afternoon and do this with them instead of following this program, like religiously. 
No, I think, I mean, one of the things you said in there that uh, I immediately, it, it stuck out to me was that you hit all the, the standards, that the kids were ready for, for, for MCAS and for those who are watching that in Massachusetts, that's our state assessment, assessment the MCAS. And, and one of the things I would say all the time, because teachers or parents would even say, you're teaching to the test or you're doing this. Well, here's where we need to get. I always say that the, the standards were the finish line. We're, we're seeing the finish line now. It's not the scope and sequence. It's not we do this one and then this one and then this one. And to give you that, that freedom to reach the finish line how you feel best. And yes, there is a, a sequence that makes logical sense to, to, to get there. But I think that's where we get hung up a lot. And to hear you say that as a first year educator is, is, is awesome because I think that's so important that in any state we, you know, you have all your assessments, whatever they are, every state has one and you have to reach a certain, if you have the standardized assessments or, you know, whatever you use, we have your DESC math standards, that's where you got to get to. And then it's your job. You went to school for four years to, to be a teacher, to get the kids to the finish line. And I think hearing you say that is definitely one for me is that yes, we, we say fun, like it's a bad word, right? You were like, Oh, we did some fun activity. That's how I'd like to see that all the time because that was one of my big takeaways is teachers kind of were like, they're almost like effort. Like we're, we, we don't know right now we, where things are going to go. We're going to try all these great things and they're going to work and they worked. And a lot of, and the ones that didn't, you moved off of pretty quickly, but having that freedom as someone who delivers professional development, I'd always hear like, we don't have the time for this or like, Oh, that's a great idea. But well, now the world shut down, you got to do it. And I think it was one that is, is important. So that was, that was, that was wonderful. Carrie, how I know you work with a different population, smaller groups and different, how, what were some things that came from that experience that you're like, you know what, I'm going to keep this next year. Mm -hmm. So I think different, but also, you know, there's a lot of similarities to like listening to Emily and Molly and just hearing like their group work, um, you know, the, the takeaways from that. And I think that that's a wonderful lesson to have and how many great skills happen when we get to work in groups, right. And how much more you're just going to be able to build into those experiences that are only going to amplify your students as learners and as people, human beings, right? And then to hear about the fun, because I've said the same thing, like I shame the fun, but I love the fun that we have in our classroom. But I think, you know, I think that's something that educators are embracing a little bit more is that the times that we take, the moments that we make to have fun with our students have more learning in them than we could ever imagine. And that when we take those moments to have fun we're working on so many skills, even ones we can't even imagine, but those skills that we work on when we're playing and having fun with our students only amplify everything else. So it doesn't surprise me when you say I didn't spend as much time as I needed on the standards, but still they met all of them because all that time you spent having fun and being playful and creating moments and bonds with your students only took less time for them to connect with what you're teaching them because of course it was all amplified from the fun, right? So that's, you know, I think Shannon put in here that, you know, um, that it was a great lesson for you to learn at such an early, you know, time in your in your career because it takes teachers a long time to give ourselves permission for that. So that's good that you know, you got to experience that. Um, I think for me, some takeaways are, um, for me, when it comes to my students in my classroom, um, some of my takeaways were more validating than it was that I needed to change things. That the way I, I am doing things is the way that's good for kids. It is working for kids, whether we're in person or whether we're remote. 
um, the relationships that I'd taken time to build with students were valuable. And they were like my lifeline, my rock, you know, that kept us really moving forward through all of this. I think when we talked about technology, it made me think, um, even though my students are in special education, I've always tried to make sure that they have similar skills than as their gen ed peers in case they're ready to move out of my classroom into a gen ed class, but also the skills that I know that they might need for life, whether it's now or in my future. And so this year really validated that what, even though it might take us a little bit longer to learn all the skills, how to use Schoology, how to use you know Google Drive and all those other things, um, those are valuable skills because we didn't miss a beat. When the world shut down and we went full remote, my students didn't miss a beat because we had taken the time to learn those skills, you know, whether no matter what the pace was or what their style of using them was, it's still, they still knew them and were able to keep up with the world whenever it changed. So for me, a lot of what happened this year in my classroom was just in the world was more validating for my teaching that, you know, I'm doing really good things for kids. And that, that for me was a big lesson. Um, some of, I think some of the lessons I've taken away from the whole pandemic are more personal. And then my biggest one is grace, is like giving myself grace. That is the hugest lesson that I have come away with for this year. And what does that look like? Like if someone to say like, oh, okay, that's great. Um, and I go and stand in front of my staff and say, okay, one of the lessons I heard was we got to give each other grace. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, what do you, how do we do that? And I'm like, I don't know, it just sounded really cool when somebody... <laughs> Well, I think some of it's more per, uh, more of a personal level. I think the way the world has changed, I just I just see this mindset of human beings changing things, right? Like, so um, if we go out to dinner three days a week instead of me cooking home, that's I can give myself grace. That's okay. I can do that, right? If I, um, oh, what else would I want to say? Like when I did the 100 day project, I didn't, I still haven't finished it. I'm at day 75 and the 100 days have passed, right? But I took my own my own time on it. And if I fell asleep on the couch on a Friday night and I didn't do my drawing like I wanted to, to keep the streak going, it was okay. You know, I gave myself permission for that. Right. Um, so those kind of things, like just giving myself permission to not be perfect. If I needed like, like what Emily or what, the, what, the, what Emily and Molly were saying too, like if I needed to stop and play a game because my kids needed that, I didn't have to be perfect and have all the, my ducks in a row with my curriculum in line, you know? So that, I guess that kind of stuff. No, and I think that's great. And I think for me, that's one of the things I'm trying to do this year and is, is name the things that we talk about because we are masters in this profession at buzzwords, at acronyms, at saying things. And I think I'm just more mindful of it right now because um, we're going through the editing phase of my book and the editor's Canadian and she'll write in the, in the quotes, like, what does this mean? I'm like, yeah, that's like a Western mass thing. Sorry. It's, it's just, it's just my cadence of things. And it's been how I'm realizing, like, when you say that, what does that mean to, to people listening and having a global kind of lens on that? I think that's great. And I know, you know, Emily and Molly have done that for themselves too. There's weeks that you need to get ready for, for school on a Sunday night, or you're staying home in, you know, in, in Connecticut or somewhere else and having dinner with your family. Like, that's okay to do that. And I think that's, that's wonderful. What are some things that surprised you this year, Molly and Emily, that with maybe the students, like, like I, they're never going to do this and they did it. Like, what are, is there anything that really surprised you that you would tell a new teacher, the, the current grads who are either graduating or just ready to graduate and look for jobs? What are some things that you could tell them? Like, okay, I was really surprised about X. Like literally everything. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, this year, <laughs> like 
They're shocking. Yeah, everything that they've done has been against all odds and not something that they're used to and not something that they're supposed to be doing. I think a couple, in one sense, like the school that I teach at is not, it's like a little bit um, in a city, like not the highest class school, but it's like, it's like in the middle kind of, but a lot of families are struggling a lot or a lot of families these kids, these eight-year-olds are taking care of, like, their little siblings, and, like, when we were remote or hybrid, they'd be like, oh, sorry, like, I can't come, like, I have to go feed my baby brother, and, like, then they come to school, and they still know everything that you taught them, and it's, like, these kids were also dealing with an entire pandemic in addition to learning third grade, which is a really big transition year with a lot of new material, Um, and they also just, like, their ability to form relationships with one another, even though they weren't necessarily in school the whole time. Um, Like my kids have been in Massachusetts, everyone came back to school on April 5th. So we've been in school all together for a little bit over a month. And you would think that these kids have known each other their entire lives. Like they're so supportive in the classroom. They all get along so well at recess. They, I have a couple students in my class who have special needs and they are so, like the other students do not treat them any differently. They are so inclusive and so nice all the time. And so I was expecting like, oh, they missed half a second grade. They missed the first half of third grade. Their social skills are gonna be lacking a lot. And it was the total opposite. So that Mm -hmm. has been really surprising and awesome. Yeah, I can kind of agree with that. So I do have one classroom who has been fully remote since September. Like they are never coming in person. That's what they chose for the year to stay home. And we did have an optional like fun run this last week, a fundraiser where they got to run around the track to raise money. And they opened it up to the remote students if they wanted to come. We had our own class time. And nine of my 25 students came, which was really exciting. And they were so happy to meet each other and it was like a whole different world it was like the best day because they were so excited and it was interesting to like see those friendships like they were walking on the track with each other like they just hopped right into it with their friends that they have never really met before except for on zoom and that they worked in partners with it was really it was just really cute to watch them walking around the track with each other and so I think that though that those um like relationship building things definitely work even if you are fully remote and seeing it kind of like bloom in person too is really cool. No, that sounds awesome. And and I I agree uh, that having that time, you you get surprised sometimes, right? When you, you, you just are used to kids seeing each other every day and they're like, Oh, it'd be so awkward. And like, I was nervous that it was going to be really awkward. I didn't really know like what they, how tall they were, like what they really, it was so. (laughs) You knew from here up, right? You knew. I was like, oh my gosh, some of you are so tall. Like I like had no idea. And it was just, I thought it was gonna be so awkward and it was not awkward at all, which was really cool. Awesome. And now Carrie, you, you're obviously more veteran than, than Molly and Emily, but still I'm sure some things surprised you this year. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it surprised me to see, you know, it surprised me to watch, you know, my fellow teachers really come together and really, you know, be dynamic and and as amazing as we always thought. I think um, some teachers probably surprise themselves, even veteran teachers, you know, they really just 
teachers are full of way more than I think sometimes they give themselves credit for um, or that they're able to show. And this year, I think, has really shown educators as a whole how incredible all that intuition that they have, all the skills that they have, and all the creativity that they have, that when push comes to shove, they really can do really dynamic and wonderful things for their students to enhance their learning, you know? And then um, um, Gwendolyn said too, something about the caregivers in the chat. And I think that's another thing that schools have really risen to the occasion too, too, is that, um, you know, we really, um, schools have really shifted or pivoted, right, to meet the whole family's needs. And that has been a wonderful shift to see too, and a necessary one, you know, even more care to the whole family, to the community for food or whatever it is that they need. Um, that shift has been really nice. And I hope that there's a lot of changes that, you know, schools have made in terms of supporting families that continue. I think there's a lot more care um, putting family and students and their emotions and their human being part of them first before learning. And that's shown some nice um, impact or some nice, I think we've had some nice benefits from that, you know? No, absolutely. And I think that's, that's definitely a shift. And, and, and again, another one like the, like technology, where the SEO components of school was kind of a, oh, nice to have. Mm -hmm. And now seeing it as a, a need, a must have. And, and Gwendolyn, who's in our, our audience tonight, ran, just ran a chat. And that was her first question was about how our SEO oh, no, practices oh, no, and things SEO. like that. So I think so it's, I think it's incredibly, important incredibly important to have that opportunity. That opportunity. Am I an echo? Am I an echo? <laughs> yes, is that you? I don't think it's me. Um, so I think that's that's really important to do that. I know for us having that food service and food delivery and having that you know, well-being for students, which again, seemed like, oh, we got to wait for the breakfast students to come in. Now it's like, everyone should have breakfast, like make sure we we eat and, and, and have that opportunity. And one of the things that really surprised me for me in another direction was the amount that kids enjoyed seeing themselves on camera. Like it went from using video last year or before, you know, March 18th or, or somewhere around there that shut down for you. The kids were shy about doing Flipgrid videos or they were shy about doing certain uh, YouTube projects. And I've seen just a, a confidence in students this year and going and recording their voice and doing vlogs or doing more Flipgrid, you know, responses. We moved from last year we did, the students would do a Flipgrid. And then if we allowed students to reply, it was always text-based, like say something nice or give feedback. And now they're like, why do I have to type it? Like, uh, I want to give a video response to it. And I think that was definitely something that I found is like, great. That's, I don't know, maybe being on Zoom for a year plus helped that. But I think having their voice um, more prevalent was one of the things that I was happy and surprised with um, moving forward, for sure. And I think that'll continue. Yeah, and I'll, you just brought up another thought in my head too about something else that I'm excited to see what's next for um, technology and Zoom is how accessible learning has become because of Zoom. And I'm curious to see where walls or boundaries or um, limits that have previously been set, like you can't access that class because you're in the wrong state or you're in the wrong city or you're in the wrong building. I'm curious to see now in the future, now that Zoom has you know made its mark and it's become um, you know just more normalized, 
I'm curious to see in terms of accessibility when it comes to all learners and all economic statuses, all schools, where this, you know, this new, this new no knowledge now will take education in the future. You know, school districts that previously weren't one-to-one -one got a huge push, right? I mean, they had to, you know, um, make sure that technology was accessible, Wi-Fi was accessible. So I'm curious now to see what's next for education in terms of meeting all students, all, all economic diversity, you know, all areas of learning. I'm really excited to see what's gonna be next for that. No, for sure. And I think, Emily, were you gonna jump in and say something? Um, I was kind of on the confidence building. I've noticed just like a small thing is that because in-person group work wasn't as prevalent because of spacing, there was a lot more students coming up to the board and sharing their thinking than I was normally used to, like usually be one or two kids. And now we had time for four or five to come up and connect in like the confidence. They all want to come up to the board. They all want to post their work and share things, which I feel like wasn't as prevalent in the past because of like nervousness or they didn't want to share everything or they didn't want to come up and speak in front of everybody. And I think because there's no more partnership working as, as much is all independent and then share, they all wanted to share. So I thought that was cool. Like the confidence speaking in front of other people is, is definitely growing. Awesome. I was going to say, I agree to a certain extent for some students, like a lot of my kids, yes, they love making Flipgrid videos. They love to say everything on camera as if they're a vlog, but I am worried that now that technology is so much more accessible and so much easier that a lot of teachers or districts are going to be pushing it more. And I have like a good handful of kids who turned into completely different students once they came back to school. Like they did not do anything. They did not want to show their face on camera. They never handed in a Flipgrid assignment. They're very uncomfortable. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think some people don't like to be on camera and don't like to make videos. And I don't think that should be an expectation of kids as a learner. Like, I just think that people learn in different ways. So it does make me a little bit nervous if so many kids gain this confidence that it might become like a, mm. oh my gosh, this is so great that these kids are gaining confidence. Let's do so many more Flipgrid. And then these five kids that it's really just not their thing are going to kind of fall behind a little bit. So I feel like Carrie, you talk about choice boards a lot. And I think that will be if we're one-to-one -one with devices going in the future, that will be a really good use of a choice board to give those outgoing kids the chance, but give the kids who learn better without the video camera on like the same fair chance. Yeah, the, the computers definitely do kind of create a culture where perfection is kind of necessary. If you're making, not maybe not necessary, but I definitely feel that kind of pressure. If I were making a voiceover for a video and I slip up a word or mess up, I'm like, oh man, and I stop and I completely restart where if I was in person, that kind of like perfectionism wouldn't be as important to me because I don't mind if I slip a word and I just keep on going because my audience is there. The people listening are right there listening to me. But if I were making a voiceover or a video, I would be like, oh, no, I messed up. Now I need to restart and do it all over again. So I think that could also I know that some of my students are like perfectionists like that, too. So that's definitely another worry. But choice birds could be a great solution to that. No, and I think just, you know, at the heart of all of this, what, you, what Molly was saying and you were saying and referencing Carrie's choice boards that we can't have one size fits all. And, and taking the things that worked and, and replicating them might not even work either because you're going to have 25 new kids. So having that opportunity to, to find out some strategies that worked and 
try them again, try it a different way. Like having these tools for the lack of a better word or strategies, I think is just helpful because the gamut that we had to do this year was astronomical. And I think moving forward, we don't know what it's going to be. You know, someone wrote in the chat that Canada's doing some different things next year and maybe kids are going to stay virtual or going to allow, you know, synchronous learning or whatever people call it, where kids are home and in school. Like those are things that could happen and to, and, and to have that flexibility. And there was a question I thought was interesting that our way to communicate with caregivers and families are, is also different where, you know, when I was a, a principal or even our, our schools this year, you know, a year ago, we're sending home newsletters, you know, in the elementary school, you'd run them off and print them and there's cute orange for October and they'd go home with pumpkins on them and leaves and, and that was gone. It was gone. And what would, were some ways that the three of you and I, and I have a couple ideas too, that the interactions with families and caregivers that really worked this year in a, in a virtual world that maybe you would bring forward as well and keeping, just keeping that communication open. I did. So I kind of kept it the same way. And there were certain parents that I still to this day, like just can't reach. And that is unfortunate and I've tried, but I actually, I did do newsletters and I do them weekly, not monthly, just because there's so much changing every single week in the past year. It's pretty basic, but I would just, make it a PDF and email it to them. And then we also, um, my grade level at my school decided to use class tag. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I'm like not in love with it, but it's, it works. Um, it, you can send announcements or you can send little like messages and the announcements go to the parent's cell phone. So it's kind of like Remind, but sure. not totally. And then there's a messaging component within the app. So almost like AIM or something. So they can message me and I would get a notice like, oh, they did this. And some parents I know only check their email and don't check class tag. And some parents only check class tag and don't check their email. And some parents wait until I call them if I have something that I need to tell them. And that's fine. And some parents are just so busy with their own lives because it's such a hard time. And I just, I know that I'm trying my best and Honestly, there were a couple times remote when if I really needed to get something across, I would tell the kid to stay back and I'd be like, can you please go get your mom or dad? And like, I just have them come on Zoom and I'd be like- Bring them on, they're in the house somewhere. Like they're home, right? Who's home with you? Can I talk to them? Um, but it's been good. And I didn't realize like my mom growing up was a very active parent like in my classroom and I didn't realize that parents aren't really like that like in my experience in my job anyway so I would be getting no response like week after week after week after week and I'd be like oh my god not reaching anyone and then I'd like see their parent at pickup and they're like thanks for the newsletters every week we post them on our fridge like one mom emailed me back the other day about something was like so-and-so talks about fractions every single night at dinner and I'm like okay, so like you guys do know that I'm communicating with you. And that was just like something I, I guess I had to learn that. I, I wish there was a way you could see like, these seen, people have viewed it. Yeah, like red like, receipts or something like right. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are, these, are they getting my email? Yeah, but right. I a, a mix of everything to just try to 
make these parents know that I'm trying my best. Which is also a lot. Like that's yeah. a lot to have to post it on four different areas too. So I'm, I'm wondering if that will continue. But. Yeah, I think you, you're absolutely right because I'm sure, you know, knowing who you are and the, and the passion and, and drive that you have, you're going to put everything into it every week. And then having to post it four different times, or I think efficiency in the in the communication is is one that I would share. That our um, I'll just share one of the, um, and it really triggered what you were saying, Emily, about having to do it so many places. So our assistant principal in the middle school, she started to just send emails home or different things randomly again, like oh this is coming up, and then she made this Sunday night called Week at a Glance, and she mm -hmm. calls it that. It comes out at seven o'clock every Sunday, and you know we do our systems called the all call system. So in the beginning, she'd call home and, you know, all of our middle school, this email is coming out at seven. It's going to have everything you need for the week. And after about three times needing to call, people just started to understand it. And every Sunday at seven o'clock, we get a glance. And I always see it when I get ready for, for this, because I have to go into the email and stuff. I'm like, there it is. And, and I try to say to her, it's great information. And for me, it's almost like, you know, just like the USA Today's number one red newspaper, because it's colorful and short. And that's how I, and again, that's how I like to receive information. She's just like Monday, bullet, 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 this is happening Tuesday with some links and some cool little pictures from the kids. And, and it's really just the efficiency of communicating with families and, and having somewhat, you know, some consistency in a really inconsistent year has been great for our community is to say, this is happening, this is the time, and this is the structure. And I know, Carrie, you work with some families and different things. How was how did that shift this year? Um, so my principal does a really good job of sending out a, a Sunday newsletter as well. So I let that take care of all the school stuff. In the middle school, it gets a little bit different than the elementary. Um, I don't think I've ever done a newsletter. Um, in terms of getting information to parents, um, it was just making sure I tried to stay ahead of things, especially when things were changing so frequently. So having like a standard schedule or an email that I could update and send it to the and to send to the parents just to keep them in the loop of things and then also just really I started to put a little more pressure on some of my students you have to check your email I'm sending an email to you you know I would send it to the parents as a backup but this is your day you know and so that that shifted was making sure that my students knew their responsibility for some of these things as well um but other than that, you know, I communicate with my parents pretty frequently as a, as just on a normal year. So not much really changed in terms of like the amount of communication that I have, except for there was probably, I don't know that there's been a year where there's been this many emails, you know? <laughs> right. With the shifting for sure. But trying to stay ahead. So I usually, I mean, every, I, every year I have students that need advanced notice for things because it helps them just know what to predict. But this year has given everybody that advance notice, you know, just making sure I stay a little bit ahead of everything so that everybody knows um, what's going on, especially when we were full, when we were remote and the schedule was always changing. Sure. So we have a couple minutes left. One of the things I wanted to end with, because we're talking silver linings and we're talking just things that have worked out. What is something this year that just was made you like just happy? Like if you were going to talk to your friends over the summer or or share with an, a, a graduating senior who's going into the profession. What's something this year that, that you would be like, oh my gosh, this is one of the things that I'll remember. And for me, it happened like recently. I, again, like I said, I was, took over as the 
principal of one of the three satellite schools just for you know covering and helping out to make sure because we have a principal and assistant principal and we can't be in three places at once and I walked into the school and this now kindergartner because I said I'm taking the K in one group like I want to go over there I'm going to just deal with the littles and, and have fun and his name is, is Thomas and I knew him from preschool because I was stopping and you would have thought again for Catholics, you know, Santa Claus is a big, big thing. Like you would have thought Santa Claus walked in. He's like, oh my God, Dr. J is here. He like runs out of class because he saw me walking in the door. And it was like, okay, the time that you spend with students not teaching them has, you know, because I wasn't his teacher last year. I just stopped into preschool and be like, you know, what's up? What's up, Thomas? How's it going? You know, he's only there three days a week. And, and it's been 18 months since I've seen this kid. And he remembers that stuff. And for me, that'd be definitely one that I would share with, with, you know, graduating seniors with you two, three. And then like those conversations matter. Like they remember he's, he was in preschool for gosh sakes. And he's like, remember my name. Remember, do you remember when we did the, the toy thing at lunch and you, you let me have, yes, I guess so. And I think that's a big thing to remember. And, and, you know, just the, craving that the kids want to have to feel connected to somebody was one for me for sure. Sorry. Um, I, I can't even think of one specific instance. I have had such a good year. My kids are awesome. Like just like if someone were to be like, what was the best part of your school year? I would just say like, my students were so great. Like I took Friday off, so I took a personal day on Friday, and I was literally just saying, like, a couple hours ago, I was like, oh, like, I really miss my kids. Like, it's been three days since I've seen them instead of two days. Like, I'm so excited to see them tomorrow morning, and they just are so good, and, like, we just have a really good relationship with each other, and it's just been so fun. Like, they are so nice to each other. Like I was saying, it was one of our students' birthdays last week, and, like, she usually gets to school a little bit later than everyone else. Like she just walks in the door a little bit later and they were like, Miss Mary, Miss Mary, can we all hide under our desks? And then when she walks in, we can all jump up and scream happy birthday. And I was like, of course you can. Yes. And so they've just been great. I can't, I can't pick an instance, honestly. They are so funny. They make me laugh every single day. That, that, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, I think that our, my classroom in person, Zoom, I, the kids are fabulous and we have so many great memories together and we're just all, all together all the time, which is, which is wonderful. For my in-person kids, the last two weeks has been a big change. We've had a lot of interesting times in my room, which is an understatement, which just like a lot of changes, a lot of behavior problems, a lot of in and out of the room and things going on. And I think that one of the best things that's been going on recently is when we have our recess time and our lunch time, the kids just really want to spend time with my co-teacher and I, like they'll ask us to push them on the swings or play tag with them and throw the football with them where before like they, they just really wanted to play with each other. And now it's kind of turning into like, will you please play with us? And we just go run around and it's so much fun. Or like, can we go wash our hands in your room? And can we go for a walk together? And they, they, they just really want to spend extra time. And I think playing tag and throwing the football has been 
so much fun with them. Like we finally get a chance to breathe for a second because there's been some really good changes made to our environment. And it's, uh, you can just kind of like feel the weight lifted off their shoulders. Like they feel less stressed and they want to play, which has been, which has been really nice the last week. So that's awesome. Awesome. Mine goes all along with Emily and Molly too. I, so I get my students usually, um, I get them for three years. And so the group that's graduated, eighth graders that are graduating this year, I've had since they were sixth grade. And we've also, you know, endured a pandemic together. Um, and well, you know, my kids will graduate from school and I, 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 and I, I've had groups of students that I've really adored and I, you know, I wish them good luck in eighth grade, but I'm pretty good at like letting go and then out of sight, out of mind. But this group this year, like when I start to think about them leaving, it brings, it makes me teary. And I don't know that there's ever been a year that I've felt that way. And I, and I, I think it's because just of how much we've been through and like what Emily and Molly were saying, it's just this, you know, and then Lisa mentioned in the chat too, just to really embrace, like these moments really matter and they make a difference. And, you know, hopefully these times that we take to, to make these moments happen, don't go away because the jokes that we can tell or the things we can re, you know, relive and the, the, um, all the fun that we have together, building these relationships when they really get to be where they are right now in all of our classrooms, they're really, really, really special. And I think that's, you know, um, yeah, the, I just, the relationship I have with my students and then even this year that they have with each other, I, I was just thinking about my kiddos and they have a different relationship with each other that I haven't seen in, in years. And I, I just allotted it to the kids that I have, but maybe it's the situation that we have, you know, maybe kids are starting to realize that they're really important to each other. Absolutely. Um, but I'm, I, I can't put, you know, any, any one moment except for all of them, you know, we're still in it together and we still, I, you know, we really love each other. Like we're a family yes, with Melissa was here, you know? Um, and that's really special. Well, I think that just sums it all up. I think that's great. And I think it encompasses everything that we were saying, people were saying in the chat. And, and I think taking those special moments and having those fun things that Molly talked about at the top of when we were, you know, together is, is it's okay talking about grace. It's okay to do these things. It's okay to have, take a pause from lesson 3.2 and, and, and bring something else in. It's, it's okay to do that. And I think having that flexibility and, and for the principals out there, it's, you gotta let that happen. Somebody wrote in the chat, you know, administrative support's critical. It's everything because mm -hmm. if someone comes and has a different view, then it makes it incredibly uncomfortable. And so I think that's, that's awesome. And I think we have to, for the rest of, you know, as the year's winding down, celebrate those, those times and celebrate the things that have worked and celebrate. Cause we could talk about what sucked for hours at a time and fill up a whole day, but finding that, you know, conversation that things that have worked and things that we're going to bring forward because we're moving on. As you see, as we've seen, education is not stopping. We're going to figure a way out. And if it means the kids are home, they're home. If they're coming in with masks, they're coming in with masks. So it's not going to stop. And for us and to hear the three of you and all the wonderful things you do is inspiring. And for all of you who are here tonight and watch it on the replay, I hope you do the same. I hope you just have that positive attitude and celebrate the things that have worked this year because we can replicate that and duplicate it as well. So. For, for the three of you, thanks for, for jumping on. For the for new folks that jumped on tonight and, and Molly and Emily's number two fans, that's awesome. And we will see you back next week and have the best week. Hopefully, uh, Emily, you have a better week than the craziness you had last week. Yes. <laughs>
Awesome. Carrie, have a great week and, and you too as well, Molly. You too. Yeah. See ya. Say what you need to say. 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 Say what you